This week on Pop Points Podcast, we hit the trail, ride the range, and yeehaw until our throats are raw. This is Pop Points Podcast. This is Mark with Plot Points Podcast. I am here with some incredible co-hosts. Uh, my good friend Chris Styers. How are you, Chris? I'm your Huckleberry, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're our sick Huckleberry, right? You're just getting over the flu. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. And uh, the sniffler, Derek Nguyen. How are you, Derek? Thank you so much. I'm I'm good, and I'll try to limit my sniffling as much as possible. And the the uh, your 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 uh, your partner in crime, Mr. Bruce Kazrick. Bruce, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I'm also known as the Flatulator, but no one no one has <laughs> mentioned that one yet. So I thought I'd, I'd throw in my my nickname. I was just gonna I was gonna let it slide. I didn't want to. <laughs> so, uh, I can't let that happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did, did that happen in a podcast? Is, is there is there? No, a, I'm just uh, <laughs> I was just. I was just yelling at these guys, telling them I don't have a bodily functions uh, filter on Audacity, so they need to control their sniffling, snorting, farting, coughing, and whatever. So I'm the only one that's perfect, of course. You know that, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Angel. It goes without saying. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start today by seeing how you guys were, what was going on. Uh, we did a time change last night, and everybody should be – uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed because they got an extra hour of sleep, except for Derek, who went out till 3 a.m. or whatever. What, right? <laughs> well, technically, I went out only till 2. Oh, thanks I'm to, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Thanks to, um, thanks to daylight savings. So oh, that's right. That's daylight right. savings. <laughs> that's right. At 2 o'clock, you were, you got an extra hour, so I forgot. Yeah. Were the, were the bars actually open later or not? No, that's what we were disappointed oh, at. That's, that was a big reason why we were out that late because we wanted to see if the bar would be open for an extra hour. But uh, no, they kicked us out. Well, anyway, so we are um, in our first we're, – we're heading toward the holidays, which is always a great time for film. We just had a whole bunch of uh, television shows open up. Um, mm-hmm. I think next podcast we're going to do um, – what are we looking most forward to seeing? Mm-hmm. We have the, uh, you know, the, the, big, the big holiday season coming up. But uh, for now, what anybody uh, watching anything that's interesting they want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I could I could start with that. Um, I actually just uh, finished The Haunting of Hill House oh, uh, yeah. just last night. Me and my girlfriend were watching the whole show together. It was uh, I'm not really a horror fan, but after we had our podcast, uh, uh, our last podcast, I I decided to give it a shot with that show, and yeah. um, I definitely got hooked real quick. It's I think it's one. It's it's a very very strong show that from an acting. Um, pacing, story, uh, story, uh, story standpoint, just very strong. Couldn't, couldn't put it down and <laughs> was scared to go to bed every night, but it was, it was, it was fun to watch. Um, okay. Derek, can you watch anything new? Yeah. Um, so I've been watching a new TV show whenever I, uh, eat. Wait, like, a, a nude TV show? No, that too. This TV show on Netflix. It was on my recommendations list called, uh, Midnight Diner. Hmm. And it's a Japanese, it's a Japanese television show. Like each episode's like 24 minutes long. And it's just the most calm, nice, slice of life show I've ever seen. <laughs> the, first, the first two minutes and a half 
are just ambient, like Japan, like nighttime noises and streets. You're kidding. Like the same monologue every single episode for that two minute and 30 minute opening. I mean, two minute, 30 second opening, which is just like, I, like I have a diner that opens at midnight. I cook, like I, I only have one thing on the menu, but I cook anything that anybody wants as long as I have the ingredients. <laughs> like, this, is, this is my midnight diner. Do I have customers? Like you'd be surprised by how many people come in and I get like new people and I get interesting stories to tell. And like, so like the only recurring characters are like, uh, this, you know, the, the midnight diner guy, like the cook uh-huh. who obviously doesn't talk that much. Like he's more like an observer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, like a Greek chorus kind of type of three ladies that are always at the bar. <laughs> And, and then, and then every, and then, yeah. And then every other character is like usually some, uh, new character just for that episode. And they tell like a story, you know, and like, um, or they don't tell a story, but like something happens with them, you know? So, um, you just got to watch these different slice of life episodes, every single episode revolving around one type of dish that is really good. Um, I don't know. It's like a really nice soothing TV show. Uh, Yeah. It's on Netflix. I think that it got recommended to me because I watched this show called uh, Samurai Gourmet, which is <laughs> a, uh, which was also a slice of life TV show. So I guess I like that slice of life stuff now. You, you have a very you have a very interesting subgenre that you keep watching. Is what it yeah, sounds like. it's uh, it's it's Japanese cooking drama. <laughs> and, uh, this Samurai Gourmet was uh, this old sixty five year old man who just retired finds out that his favorite thing to do is eat lunch. and he's like and he's timid but i had a rather than tell you what i'm what i'm watching which uh, which hasn't been much um i have a question so the chilling adventures of sabrina just came out on um on netflix and there's some noise about she's 16 and there's some noise about um and by the way it was written by the same guy who does riverdale which I watched a couple episodes of, which I thought was re- pretty good, actually. Uh, talk about a reimagining of a comic book character. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on Archie Comics. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of brouhaha about the fact that this young girl, 16 years old, was invited to participate in some sort of a orgy. And. In real so, life? No, in, well, no, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you are you writing her name down now, Derek, or what? She's- no, I'm just wondering. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some Hollywood producer asked her. Not anymore. Not yet. Me too is too straight. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, they That's true. Get, I should say they can't get away with it anymore. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my question to the assembled is: is is it so? There's two. I'm I'm of two minds here. One is I, this is inappropriate. She's 16. You know, having an orgy as a sexual experience when you're 16 is probably inappropriate. Um, but at the same time, it probably reflects a lot of the reality that we see out there with, uh, with young, younger and younger sexual experiences. So does the writer put something like that in and stay true to the story or do, do you, do you edit yourself and say, no, that's not appropriate? Well, I think there's a couple questions that you have to ask to, to preface, uh, to preface that statement that she, that she participated in that. A, how old were the other people in the, in the scene? Like, well, in this, within the story? She's and underage, though. So. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, how old were the other? Oh, she's underage. Okay. Well, she's and then, 16. 
I'm aware, but how old were the other were the participants? And they were the same age. You think it's a, you think it's age appropriate? You think it's appropriate if they were all the same age? Um, I think if it's if they're consenting and everyone is the same age, then yeah, probably. I don't I don't see an issue. Okay. Um, and then the other question is, what time period is the show based in? It's present day. Oh, interesting. That's a bold choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, from from that perspective, yes, I think it's fine. I, I obviously a lot of other people could argue. That that's like an objectifying women and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, if it's if it, in this case, if you're saying that if if she was underage and the um the other the other people who were involved were were adults or older, then not okay. But um maybe it had maybe it was a plot device within the story. If if it was for used for that purpose, obviously then it's a reason. I feel like if it's used in a fictitious story like this, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Although I think others would argue that it, um, that kind of thing sets an example for younger people who watch the show and they get right. too influenced by it. So there are two sides to that. I, yes, I totally agree. Um, what do you think, Gus? I mean, I, I, I mean, like we have books like Lolita, you know, like well, those where aren't, those aren't exactly young adult books. That's it. Well, I get, well, okay. So that's the argument. Um, I don't know. Personally, I don't. I think that uh, we have so much violence, you know, in television and whatnot, and in movies compared to sex. That like, you know, something risque, sex-wise, in a TV show, I don't think should be, you know, any more scrutinized than the ridiculous amounts of violence that happen nowadays. I mean, for example, that same actress from the Chilean Adventures of Sabrina. Um, she was in Mad Men, and they showed her at like age. 12 uh, masturbating in Mad Men mm. in that episode, you know? So, like... Well, I guess the argument that people are making is this contributes to the sexualization of young teens. Um, if they see this, especially on a show, on a, on an, um, a, a, com- a company like Netflix, which is pretty much... Oh, I mean, you can put parental controls on it, but who, you know, who, who ever... Who does. Yeah, it's like you get around those. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm of two minds of this. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a, an honest choice. I think kids are having sex a lot younger than uh, they used to. And we as writers need to reflect our world in certain ways. But I think it could also be argued it can general problems that we sometimes have in America with, um, you know, with this, which there's just so much sex and porn out there for available. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? Well, my first thought was, okay, you bring it up to the character Sabrina, and then she debates it. Mm. Do I do this? Do I not do this? What are the repercussions? What do I gain from it? Well, I haven't seen the episode. And that could, so and that, I that haven't may, either. I, I think be, I watched yeah. the I watched the first episode and I haven't gone back to the second. Yeah, I don't. What I'm saying is, I don't. Maybe she does debate it. I don't know. I'm just saying yeah. that in general, um, they're showing you know a 16 year old. I, I, we're not talking about a 16 year old having sex or even masturbating. We're talking about a 16 year old, um, you know, in, participating in a more than a three way. Uh, right. That's that's pretty that's pretty daunting. I think so. Yeah. Especially since I haven't had one yet, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me move on here. I just, I thought it was interesting. It just came, it popped up on one of my news feeds. So um, I thought it was kind of interesting. 
uh, anybody working on anything and no fake uh, projects. Okay. Tell me, tell me if you're working on something, tell me if you're not working on something, don't make something up, Chris. Well, I haven't been working on a whole lot this past week, but I've got my novels that I'm one working on a short story and the other is researching for the third in my trilogy. So oh, that's what I'm doing. All right. Uh, Derek, you right? You working on anything, dude? Yeah, I am working on something. Um, so I've been like pitching, you know, to musicians a whole bunch throughout the past couple of weeks for uh, you know, to direct their music uh, videos and, and to how's that going? and to pay my rent. Um, it's uh, it's going relatively well. I mean, like I'm meeting up with new musicians every single week at least, but oh, cool. does every single pitch uh, translate to money? Not yet. Um, just because, you know, it's hard to tell a musician because uh, I'm more of a big production type of director versus, you know, the types of directors that could shoot and edit all their own work. Right. Uh, I'm like a, you know, 15 to 20 person crew, like big production director. Wow. So it's hard to tell people, oh, yeah, you know, like you looked at my reel. I like your song. Uh, you don't know me until today, but you should invest $5,000 in your uh your music. <laughs> in me. You know, yeah. Give me, give me five grand, and let me make you a superstar, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, like, yes, there are some people that have bit, and so now I have some projects in development. But it definitely is a hard sell, you know. Especially the most of the musicians that I'm talking to who are like, you know, they just released their first album or their maybe their second, you know. um, And where do you find these? Where do you find these people? I uh, I go on Instagram. I go on Spotify. I, I do friends of friends. Like recently, I uh, I met up with a musician that I heard, that I found out because apparently my friend hooked up with him, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but like it's always you know, a good way. Yeah, it's always a good way. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of most of it is from like Instagram and Spotify. Like my my Spotify discovery weekly. You know, I would literally just. I'll look at through all my songs that I just found and I'll contact the artist with like an email that I try to tailor towards them and an Instagram message as well. And then I hope, you know, like one out of every like 20 or 30 actually answer back. So Derek, is that, uh, is that pretty much it for, for the, the oh no, no. So I got a project that I thought was very interesting. Yeah, you were saying something about it. Let me, so talk about that. Yeah. So there is a musician who I've done work for before and now he's, getting a little bit bigger. Um, he just like released a second album. He's doing really well and he's going on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been a very artsy artist. Like he, he loves dance and he loves like storytelling. And he really, like the cool thing about him is that he really lets me and other directors just do their thing. You know, like here's my song, do something amazing. Like he puts trust in you, you know? Mm-hmm. And he has these, uh, these three songs that I found out kind of go right into each other. Right, there's like one 40 second song and then two uh, full length songs in his album that are scattered throughout. That um, that when you link them all together and like you know play them side by side, like they use the same melodic uh, theme and they have the same like lyrical themes as well. And so I was like, oh yeah, those are really good. They can go together. Like maybe we should make some multiple music videos for those. You know, like in one production to save some money. And he was just like, you know what? Like, why don't we try making like a whole entire short film? Wow. You know, uh, revolving around those. Yeah. And so now I got this interesting proposition where I got to get these, uh, 
I got to get these three songs, right? And I got to be able to make it into three individual music videos that would stand on their own. But at the same time, if I add a little bit of content, can become their own short film. Wow, that's great. Story. So it is very interesting. Um, it's going to be a challenge yeah, for you, I think. It's 100% going to be a challenge because... When I, when I've been doing my music videos, you know, I make like a pitch deck or like I make a creative deck, you know, and that's about it. You know, like it's like maybe six, seven slides total for story and that's it, you know, but now I have to, I think I'm going to have to actually screen write, which is, <laughs> which is, oh, no. you know, I've never done that before. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it'll be interesting to screen write for a music video because, you know, I don't know how much dialogue realistically I can really do. Like maybe only like, maybe only like a minute of dialogue between two songs, maybe the maximum, you know? Yeah. There's, I've seen, I've seen music videos that start with a preamble, like almost a minute preamble of a storyline. And then they go into the song, but I think it would be, I think you you, think it'd be interesting for you to have interstitials that would, that kind of pull the, the three things together. You maybe start with something and then in between uh, one and two and then three and, or two and three, you have these interstitials with dialogue or the storyline or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that is what, how I'm probably going to do it. Wow, that sounds yeah. great. Sounds like a lot of fun. Well, yeah, it'll be fun, but it's scary. And well, call I, me if you need some help. I'm not. Uh, I'm not great with music videos, but you know, I'm pretty good with story. So I think we'll all help you if you want to. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely will. I'm probably going to be writing it this week, so um, okay. I'll get back to you on that. No, not this week. It's bad for me. Forget it. Okay, never mind. I'll never call you again. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, Bruce. Let's. Uh, well, congr- good luck on that, man. Good luck. I, I, I hope uh, it. it turns out well. Uh, yeah. Bruce, what are you doing, man? Um, yeah, nothing as exciting as that for sure. Yeah, um, that's great. Huh? I was able to write one more page on my revised script. But there you go. I, yeah, but yeah, what a small step is better than no step. That's right. It's um, better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Is the saying. <laughs> Uh, that's I, I cursed it a few times before I lit that candle. But, yeah, we know we've uh, cursed you a few times too. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I just added to the script. Honestly, uh, I've been really working on much, just um, continually working. And uh, yeah, well, that's uh, cool. You're in a yeah. you're in a, you're in limp home mode right now. You're just you're just uh, idling in place. So that's okay. <laughs> Something will drop in your lap, and you won't be able to resist it. You know, you know that's true. That's yeah. very true. So for me, I, I went back to my Revolutionary War script. Um, well, I got to finish it. It's all—it's 180 pages, so I got to get it down. I got to get it at least a first draft done, and that's okay because it's a huge scope. And then I got a call from a guy <clears throat> who wants to do. He, he and I have been trying to, you know, do this for a couple of years. He called me a couple of years ago, well, maybe about a year ago. Uh, but he's got a reality show uh, that involves artists that he wants to produce. And uh, it's a really great concept and I'm, I can't talk about it, but uh, it's a, it's a re- really incredible. So he called me uh, a day or two ago and asked me if I'd still be interested in working on this. Cause we went through meetings. We went up to uh, homeboy industries. Do you guys know what that is? No, no. Well, there it's a famous um, inner city youth program started by, I can't remember the priest, um, but what it does is it takes uh, at-risk youth and and um, you know like guys that have been in jail ju- as juveniles. I'm mean, I'm talking about you know pretty severe 
uh, for real guys uh, that, you know, they're, they're, they're in, they were in gangs or whatever. And he takes them and um, makes them, uh, gives them a job, gives them training and all this other stuff. Anyway, it's a huge organization now, but um, they were going to, that was going to be our first client was homeboy industries. And we were going to do a, uh, uh, you know, a segment on them. And that, that just never came about. But um, anyway, he's back. So I'm going to meet with him tomorrow and talk about um, doing a, doing a pitch and uh, maybe doing a script. Cause he, it's going to be a lot of him filming things, but he needs a script for the actress. There's two actresses involved in the show. So he needs, he needs a script for them. So it doesn't pay much and it, it probably won't go, you know, anywhere, but uh, I like the guy and I think he's uh, got a great vision of what he wants to accomplish. So we'll see how, we'll see how it happens. That's awesome. Yeah. I think next podcast, we're going to do a sports film, um, list but uh this week we decided to talk about westerns um let me let me before we move into that let me say this is plot points podcast my name is mark sevy i'm here with chris styers bruce casra derek nguyen um all fine writers and filmmakers um we are a kind of a subsidiary of orange county screenwriters association which i started in 2009 so we're coming up against our 10th anniversary next year which will be awesome um and uh, also OC Film and Television. And we're on hiatus right now. We're not going to do anything till 2019. But starting in 2019, I got a really exciting guest on the line. And then in February, another really exciting guest. So uh, if you guys want to keep in touch, you can find us on Meetup, uh, OC Screenwriters, uh, OC Film and Television, and Costa Mesa Film. And or you can go to ocscreenwriters.com and sign up for the newsletter, or you can find us on Facebook, um, Twitter, 17 social media accounts. But I, I didn't sign up for Instagram for all of them, just uh, Facebook and Twitter. So uh, try try that. Plus, the podcast itself is hosted at iTunes. Um, we also have a website called plotpoints.com where you can hear episodes of the podcast. That's pretty much what's on it right now. But um, those are all ways to find us, to listen to our podcast. And I hope, uh, you guys subscribe and, and, you know, we, we would like to get 10,000 subscribers. We're only 9,999 away from that. So, uh, we're, 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 we're growing. We only, we have one, one listener right now. That's me. So, um, let's see. So the top five Westerns, and it doesn't have to be in any kind of order, but what I'd like to hear from you guys is why you think Westerns are such a, an incredible storytelling form. Or why they're not a great telling storytelling format. Um, I happen to think they are, but maybe you don't agree. Um, so who wants to start us off? Uh, Bruce, you want to start us off? Since you're the weakest link, you, you'll, we'll start with you. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, okay. so, we, weakest link when it comes to Westerns. I should when, it comes to, when it comes to Westerns, sure. Um, yeah, my, my list is probably a little bit more unorthodox compared to whatever uh, anyone else has said. Um, but for, in my opinion... I do think Westerns um, are a great uh, medium of storytelling. Uh, I feel like it's one of the um, it's one of the those genres where it's very very character driven, and because they can they introduce so many different and unique characters, I think that's what makes it so interesting. Mm-hmm. Take a movie like The Magnificent Seven, uh, which is not on my list, but wait, that no, is no, great. no, 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 just go to your list. I don't want to hear this all. If you didn't put Magnificent Seven on your list, I'm you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> these are these aren't the movies I put necessarily aren't like the, the the most popular of all time. It's just the ones that I personally like. All right, so. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead with your magnificent seven bullshit then. 
I was just Daniel saying, like, the, the, point, the point being, the point being is that the, in the Magnificent Seven, they have seven characters that are completely different from each other, have right. different uh, hopes, dreams, wants, personality quirks, um, and yet they all work because they're they're fighting, they're coming at, they're coming to um, uh, to fight a common enemy, right? right? That's the whole story. Right. And I think westerns sort of give you that um, that ability to drive a story with so many different characters, yeah, whereas so many other point. genres don't okay. do that. All anyway, right. so. Yeah, so my top five, um, in, I, uh, in no particular order, uh, for number five, I said Blazing Saddles. Oh, um, that's, that's one of my, easily one of my favorite movies from childhood. Uh, Gene Wilder is just, um, hilarious and, uh, I, I can never get enough of that movie. And just, uh, just Mel Brooks and everyone, the, just the fact that they were able to take themselves so seriously while <laughs> being so absolutely ridiculous <laughs> and breaking the fourth wall all the time. I think that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then number four, let's see what I have number four. Number four, I said True Grit. Okay. Um, the, the new one? Yeah, I love True Grit. Uh, I, yeah, I, I've seen both. I saw, but I did see the new one before I saw the old one. But whether it's the Jeff Bridges version or the John Wayne version, I think the story holds up. And I think a story about revenge is, is always a universal story. Um, yeah. And it, I think it becomes even more exciting with a Western backdrop. So yeah. okay, that's really awesome. Number three, I said No Country for Old Men, um, more of a newer, uh, newer modern uh, Western. Uh, I think Javier Bardem acts with like a scary stillness. And I think that's really what was that. And that ended up really sticking in my head for a long time. And I think him acting um, opposite Josh Brolin was um, such, such different characters. One was very brash. The other one was very still. But mm-hmm. um, in, in, in chaos... The chaos that he created, the Javier Bardem's character was so much higher and so much really his actions spoke for spoke for him. Uh, and I think that's really what drove the story. So and again, another character driven story with a lot of crazy events happening around it. That's really the Coen brothers touch, in my opinion. Okay. Um, number two, and I, I know Mark might not like me for saying this one, but Django Unchained <laughs> was uh uh, I really put it on the list just because I've seen it so many times, and um, if, it, if any time it's on TV, I'll I'll stop what I'm doing and, and watch it for a few minutes. Okay. Um, I just think it's one of those. Uh, it's they they take a classic western and just sort of the classic western model and sort of uh, flip it on its head um, and just and add a lot of blood and gore, which obviously is really fun. Um, and my number one, I put uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Hell or High Water. Uh, oh. It's t- Taylor Sheridan's uh, script. Uh, he wrote, I believe, five or six years ago, and I think it's really what made his career. It's, I think, it's one of the uh, t- one of the best stories I've ever seen. And it's such a simple story, which mm-hmm. I think is really a testament to show that if you write good characters, if you write strong characters, that the story will kind of fall into place as it goes. Yeah, um, I like the Wind River. Uh, a lot, and I didn't see Heller High Water, but uh, he's very. Oh, tall. you should! I, I think the Heller High Water is actually better than Wind River, in my opinion. Okay. If you want to check it out, but yeah, those are my those are my top. All right, uh, Derek, what do you think? Oh, goddamn! Bruce took all mine, so <laughs> some new ones. Um, oh, damn! I thought mine were going to be different. <laughs> I have a lot of. I have a lot of. Uh, yeah, like the ones that Bruce took for me were. Uh, <laughs> he took True Grit. He took True Grit from me. He took Hell or High Water from me. Okay. And he took No Country for Old Men for, from me. Okay. So I'm going to have to... Uh, you're, you're welcome, Derek. Be, be original, why don't you? Yeah, thank you, man. Um, I do love True Grit. I do like the newer version better than the older version. Me too. Yeah. I think because the, the newer version is more... Uh, it's more true to the... I mean, 
I didn't know this until you know after I watched them. But um, it's I think it's darker. You know, it's more realistic story. While the John Wayne one is a little bit more like you know golden age of movies. Uh, yeah. Nice. Right. Um, well, plus you when you're dealing, I, Chris can verify this or not, but I believe John Wayne never wanted to be seen in a really a, a super negative light. So they 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 soaked a lot of his stuff with a uh, with a fuzzy lens because of uh, who he was. Uh, so. Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, so I guess that's that's probably why. Because you know, you, you know me, Mark. I've always liked darker, very much so. <laughs> you are a dark soul. Uh, so like I like the you know the new one a little bit better, but um, okay. So I will try to think of some on the top of my feet. Um, no, no, I just do... go with just go with what you what you have. I mean, that's I, part I, of I have a good five. I, I think I can think of a good five. Okay, well you got to hurry up because we're running because okay, okay. Bruce talks forever, so it's like the good. <laughs> I give it. I give analysis. The it was good? Good, all very good, Bruce. All all wonderful stuff. I'll cut half of it out, but don't worry. <laughs> I think one of my favorites is the good, the bad, and the weird. Um, it's a, a Korean Western. <laughs> Western. What? Is what it is. It's yeah. really called the good, the bad, and the weird. Yeah. Holy and shit. it's it's good. It's good. It's like a com. It's like a comedic action film, but like they're making fun of you know the Sergio Leone. Uh, of course, yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would say it's really good. Like the beginning starts off with this crazy like train chase, you know, with like <laughs> these <laughs> two clearly <laughs> opposing forces. And then this, you know, one weird guy, and uh, and the yeah. and spoiler alert, the weird guy gets a treasure, and they go on this whole entire journey. So it's really, really good. Um, I would recommend it. All right, um, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, another one that I really have always loved was one of the first westerns I've seen when I was a little kid was a uh, Three Ten to Yuma. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Oh, great film. With yeah. Russell Crowe and uh, and Christian oh. Bale. Um, yeah, Which I love that movie, especially for the ending, huh? Well, hold on a second. Chris, which one? 310 to Yuma? Yeah, which one? Uh, Van Heflin and Glenn Ford. Yeah, that's my, that's my. The choice. original. The original. Okay. Uh, is the original, but I haven't seen the original personally, so, um, I also like Hell or High Water was on my list, but I guess if, if it still counts, I, I'll put Wind River. Wind River is okay. like kind of like a Western, but in, instead of like, you know, uh, the, you know, the stereotypical desert is like a winter wasteland. No, it was, well, the way that winter wasteland plays is a character, right? It's a very, yeah. it's, I thought, you know, I've seen it twice. I saw it once and then I signed it to my class. Wow. I am, I want to see it again. I think it's really that good. So it's a, it's an amazing movie for sure. Um, and then I will throw in two comedies then, uh, Shanghai noon. Oh yeah. Chan and, uh, <laughs> great movie. As a kid, I forgot about those ones. You know, and you can't, like, it's hard to beat, you know, Rush Hour. You know, the like, people always remember Rush Hour for, uh, for, you know, Jackie Chan being in them and his, and his chemistry with other actors. But I think Shanghai Noon is definitely up there with, like, him and Owen Wilson are definitely a good comedic duo. Great, great characters. Yes. You know, they're coming out with the, uh, the third one, right? Oh, good. Yay. Shanghai Dawn. Oh, they are? Yeah. Are. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, I know. And then, yeah, and then uh, after that, Around the World, and if we're staying with, say, two actors, Around <laughs> the World, uh, 80 Days, was that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. So, that okay. was my favorite Western. Great movies. And to answer your question from before about, like, why, you know, Westerns are great storytelling mediums or whatever, uh, I've always liked Westerns just because... 
you have the dual uh, perspective of like, you know, there's the whole entire frontier, like the the environment itself plays such a huge factor in the story, which I think is very interesting to see how they do it, you know? I and agree. Yeah. I've always liked the lawlessness as well, because then because of that, like you, you really have an unpredictable story. Absolutely. Okay, great. No, that's mm-hmm. really, that's really what I think the, the crux and the core of a Western is about. So, okay, great. Those are great. There's you put, you had 16 on your list, but that's okay, Derek. It's okay. <laughs> Next time I'll assign you one and get, and get seven, but that's, uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, so Chris, I know, is a huge Western fan from years back. I can remember him walking into a writing class in cowboy boots. Uh, so I, uh, anyway, uh, his uh, steed of choice was a, uh, what was that truck, that blue truck you used to own? Uh, um, Dodge Dakota. Dodge Dakota. I remember seeing that in the parking lot at uh, Orange yep. Coast College and thinking, ah, Chris made it to class. Yay. So. Yep. All right, Chris, go ahead. Tear him up. No. The lure of the Western for me, it, it's not only the adventure and the drama, it's, it's almost, it's how for a long time Americans saw themselves and how the world saw us. Mm-hmm. We were cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. That's how they saw us. And I mean, most of it is myth. I mean, even during the time period it took place. Well, go ahead and dime, t- go ahead. I'm novelists were writing, you know, romances about the Western. Well, go ahead and give your famous quote. <laughs> <laughs> when the legend becomes fact, print the, print legend. the legend. Yeah. John Ford. Yep. I mean, hell, you could have picked five great Westerns just from the ones he oh, made. Yeah, it, it's it, it's an impossible list to get five West five great yeah. Westerns. But yeah, go, but narrow it down to, narrow it down to five. Um, but okay. you're, well, wait, I like your point about, to, you made about this is who we were at one time. This was yes. our identity. Uh, yes. I love that point. I think that's, a, that's really amazing. Something I hadn't thought about, but, uh, okay. So uh, give me, give me your top five. I know this is, okay. this was an impossible task for you. So. Well, okay. Number five, I went with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance. Oh, uh, there you go. Now we're, now uh, we're talking. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to talk myth and you take Cassidy and Sundance and you have Newman and Redford play them. Oh, God. Oh, and Goldman's script is gold. I know. And there's so many great lines in that. I know. No no, gun, no rules in a knife fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, well, so let me ask the guys. Do, uh, Bruce or, or Derek, had you, have you ever seen Butch Cassidy? Uh, no. Oh my my Western film education actually is of all recent films. You should try it. It's one of it's Same. one of my favorites too. Which yeah, I will. I mean, I haven't even watched The Searchers yet, and I know Searchers mm-hmm. supposed to be amazing. Is Searchers on yeah. your list, Chris? No. Oh, interesting. Neither on mine. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with your okay. Number um, well, <clears throat> and you know the code of the West. You give your word, you mm-hmm. keep it. You know that stuff. And then number four takes all of the code of the West stuff and trashes it. Peck and Paws, the wild bunch. Oh yeah. That's on. There is not a hero in that entire movie. Right. Right. Because it's about a group of outlaws. Yes. And, but the ones chasing them, right. The ones they come in contact with, there are no good guys Mm -hmm. in this movie. And, (laughs) and Holden and Ernest Borgenine debating, Mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, he gave his word, 
to a railroad, but it's his word, <laughs> you know, and they're arguing over this stuff and, you know, that you stick with a man when, you know, when you ride with him, you stick with him mm. and you've seen these guys abandon their own people yep. time after time. Yep. And it's just, it's great. Yep. Peck All and right. Paul was okay. Now he was a master. Absolutely. He was a master yeah. of violence, of, of balletic violence. He was incredible. Well, yeah. And he got his start though, screenwriting and directing television Westerns. Ah, there you go. I mean, like the rifleman. Yeah, there was a whole a whole slew of you're right the rifleman, uh, yeah, all that. I can't remember anything besides the rifleman bonanza, I guess. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, uh, boy, well, we could probably do like three podcasts on westerns, but we're we're running out of okay. time. So let's. Okay. My okay. uh, number three, I went with one of my favorite John Wayne westerns, Rio Bravo. Okay, I don't remember Rio Bravo, but I'll take you oh, word for it. Oh, he's okay. It's Dean Martin, Walter Brennan, and John Wayne's got a great relationship with Angie Dickinson. Is that the one where Dean Martin has a gun in in the Bible? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Nope. Okay. All right. Okay. And number two, number one and number two, I kept. But anyway, it's 1960s, The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, I got that on my list, too. That is just... and. The seven, I mean, one was a star when they made the movie, and four soon would be, and two are trivia questions. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, but they got a a great villain in that movie, too, plus Uh, an incredible source material off of Kurosawa's Kurosawa's, uh, seven. Yeah. Yeah, the seven samurai, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and for number one... Tombstone. Oh, yeah. I have that on my list, too. Okay. Oh, Kurt Russell and probably the best portrayal of Doc Holliday ever by Val Kilmer. Is that why you said you were my Huckleberry earlier? Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of his lines. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Those, that's a great list. I, I don't know how you narrowed it down. I, and, and to tell you the truth, I'm a little surprised. I thought maybe the searchers would be on there for you or. There's. I did like Bruce did. I've got like you know twenty other westerns listed. Yeah, and I'm kind of like. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to run down my my uh, list really quickly. But the reason I like westerns so much, the ones that I like a lot, uh, I think it it goes back to what uh, either Derek or Bruce was saying about the the or I don't know maybe it was Chris. I I you know I have no memory anymore. Um, <laughs> drugs. Kids stay off drugs. Um, <laughs> Uh, unless you're going to share them with me. That's the only uh, caveat. But, um, I think I love, I, the, the Westerns I love most are the ones that deal with the end of the, this kind of wild open Western era and the beginning of the, the civiliz- civilization, civilizing of the West, the, the gentrification of the West, the, the railroads coming in or the, the uh, industrialists are coming in or the cattle barons becoming, you know, whatever, yeah. Whatever we see in, in today's world. So for me, um, I, I did have Butch Cassidy, Tombstone, uh, Magnificent Seven, but, um, I, the one, the, the, the one I had to give Eastwood a nod. So I went with either, uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales or Two Meals for Sister Sarah. Uh huh. And, um, my last one, the, probably my favorite is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Ah. Uh, John Ford. 
yeah, Don well, Wayne, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Because it talks about that line that you, you said, when the legend yeah. becomes, what, what, say it again? <laughs> when the fact, when the legend becomes fact, print, print the legend. Then that's the, that's the line out of Liberty Valance, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, guys, if you haven't seen The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, and it's an incredible film, and it's so deep thematically, it's, it's really amazing. Um, but those are the movies I like the best are the ones that talk about the, the dichotomy between, cause like mm-hmm. Butch Cassidy was that too, right? It was, they were, yes. they the could end no of the West. Yeah. They could, the, the West, the wild West as they knew it was, was ending. So they had to go to Bolivia to be outlaws. Right. So yeah. uh, anyway, well, anyway, mm-hmm. those, those are great lists. Um, we, we really undervalue Westerns these days and it's a shame. Although I think they're, I, I signed, um, Silverado to my class this week. Oh, okay, yeah. that's fun. That's a fun western. Yeah, it's a good one. And boy, it was hard for me to leave The Unforgiven off the list. Um, uh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, but um, but anyway, well, thanks, guys. That was really thoughtful. Very, very unique perspectives. Even though uh, Bruce and and uh, Derek had some sort of incestuous uh, relationship going on with their list, uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of sleepovers, Mark. <laughs> You yeah, know, that, I, that comes on that comes under TMI, man. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, well, thanks, guys. Wonderful, wonderful to hear your uh, your in, your insight. We'll do sports films um, on the next podcast. Oh, nice. We'll start dialing that up. We'll find out if um, if uh, how many because I think you know I think sports films is a lesser genre when it comes down to it, but there's cer- certainly some really amazing sports films out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we are Plot Points Podcast. I'm talking to Chris Stiers, uh, who is a published author and screenwriter, Derek Nguyen, who is a filmmaker, uh, director, filmmaker, and Bruce Casra, who also has won awards for his work, I think, right? This, this is true. Technically, yeah. yes. <laughs> Technically, uh, his mom gave him a uh, trophy. <laughs> that's good, honey. Just go back. <laughs> it was made of styrofoam, but, you know, it was real to me. I think that's the important part. <laughs> that's the important. That's what you said. That's what she said, I think. No, I <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so let's move into a and a now. Do you guys have some – we had some questions. Uh, I don't know where they came from. Uh, probably the, the, the 65,000 calls we get about this podcast, right? <laughs> so it's hard to get – hard to winnow them down, but I know you guys uh, had some questions. So let's, let's roll a couple of them. We'll see how many we have time for. Um, I do have one question. Wait, oh, Bruce, before, before I go into this, Derek, do you sure. have to leave at 11? Huh? Um, I can go for like, yeah, I, I do have to leave at 11. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to give you a proper sign off. I didn't want you to say, Mark, I got to go and then go. So. Uh, okay. Anyway, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, have fun. At, how long are you tutoring for? I mean, how is this a, is this a uh, indefinite gig or? Yeah. Indefinite for now. Just it's, it's so I can pay my rent while I'm uh, paying for all these coffees that I get. For meeting people, you know. Yeah, I know. It's uh, that's got hey that five bucks a pop. You're right. It does that up. It's, I'm dying, and like I, I want to be able to work at cafes and then barista. Like I try to sneak away by like working at the front corner, away from the counter. <laughs> the barista will come up to me and be like, "Do you want anything?" And I'll just go, "Oh fuck, okay, sure, yeah." <laughs> I'll get a coffee. <laughs> well, I'm sure things will turn around for you soon. So uh, one day. I'll yes, send, we'll 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 take up a uh, GoFundMe or an Indiegogo for uh, for your for your Starbucks habit. How's that? 
Okay. Yeah, I should. I should. One hundred percent. Okay. All right. Take well, care. Have a great. Have a great week. So much. You soon. Yeah, you too. Hi, Bruce. Hi there. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I did have one question. I know one of your students uh, uh, wrote to mention that the new Robert the Bruce miniseries on Netflix seems very similar to her script. And uh, I was just curious if do you think that they stole uh, anything or, or do you think that she has some legal recourse or do you think that um, it's just a coincidence? Well, um so I basically told her she didn't she there wasn't too much she could do uh, when you're working with historical figures. They're they're in the ether. I mean, Robert the Bruce was the guy. I believe he was he was why. Um, what's the uh, uh, the uh, Mel Gibson movie? Um, uh, Braveheart. Braveheart. I, I believe that was the Robert the Bruce was the reason that I don't know. I can't remember the the he he liberated Scotland from England. Okay, so so the Braveheart was first. Uh, that yeah. guy was, that was William Wallace, right? Right. And then Robert the Bruce was the guy who came. Okay. So, so when she was writing it, and this was, this was probably three years ago, she just emailed me out of the blue and said that it was on, and it's starring Chris Pine. It looks like it's a really good miniseries, by the way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the, you, the Outlaw King. The Outlaw King. Okay. Yeah. And she had done a great job with it. Um, from what I remember, but I'm not sure she has any legal recourse because you have to prove that they had access to your script, which is yeah. hard to do. Cause once you send it out, a dozen people could look at it that you have no idea who they are. The other thing you have to do is prove that they, that they willfully stole the work as far as I know. And when you're dealing with a historical figure, there are certain events in that character's life that you're going to put into a script and everybody puts in, you know, the really, yeah. really, Exciting ones. So I, I really don't think she has uh, a lot, a lot to work with. But I told her, I said, you know, check, do some research, and if you really feel like uh, they did something bad, consult a, consult an attorney because you, you, it, you're not going to be able to. How should I put it? You're not going to be able to shame them into giving you money. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna say, hey, you know, the it, we didn't have, we didn't have access to your script, we didn't steal your work, blah 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 blah. So. Uh, you okay, know, um, go ahead. A follow-up question then on the same topic. Okay. You get the attorney, you sue some production company or studio. Have you just ended your career before it started? Yeah, that's the other unfortunate part of this business is everybody uh everybody talks about uh you know, creative rights and everything, but everybody steals everything. Um I've had at least 3 or 4 projects stolen from me. And, yeah. um, I've never wanted to sue, uh, you know, I would like a couple minutes with the person who did it, but, um, yeah. other than that, there's really, you, you can't, if you be, become known as litigious in this business, nobody's going to want to work with you because they can't trust you're going to, you're going to go into a story meeting, uh, and, you know, have a, have a, a perspective that, that, that they can't use or something. I don't know. It, it's a, yeah. it's a crappy way. Uh, to end your career, but it is, it could be career ending. And then again, I mean, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes uh, you, Chris, you and I know, know somebody without saying anything who, yeah. uh, who sued somebody for, well, he, he started the suit and then, uh, and one, or he was paid to go away basically. And he's working yeah. right now in, uh, in, in, uh, episodic television. So, uh, yeah. 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 So, 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 so is yeah, that really basically how, how many years? 
evaporated between the first and now. Yeah, it's been 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have to forget. Right. Go ahead, Bruce. What? Yeah, I just was just curious. Uh, does that mean so if someone steals your work or steals your idea and then you're really sort of um, shamed into not um, into not saying anything and not suing, does that really mean that nobody's safe? Like, is there no way to protect your work otherwise? No, you copyright it. And by the way, I've learned uh, recently that you should use the copyright office and not necessarily the Writers Guild uh, wow. for, for a lot of reasons. Maybe we could talk about it on the next podcast. But um, here's the thing. You can't copyright a, an idea or a concept. So right. I could say I had the idea for Superman first. But um, the truth is, if if I don't call him Superman, if I, if I call him, um, you know, uh, amazing man and he flies and he has x-ray vision and he, he you know he's susceptible to uh, a certain type of metal from his home planet it's hard to prove uh that that's that it's hard to be actionable on something like that because it's a concept yeah. mm-hmm. um, here's what i tell my students if you if we could copyright concepts there'd be one western one war film one romantic comedy one drama i mean we do this all the time uh, you just keep recreating yeah yeah you can't you can't copyright it. You, you don't have any protections, really. You should copyright it. The, the way to go about this, Bruce, is if 70% or uh, let's say 60% of what you're writing, what you wrote suddenly ends up on television or on the features, you should consult with an attorney and then make a decision based on that. If I can win, if you can win a couple million dollars, maybe you don't give a shit if your career goes away. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're really, if you're only going to win 10 grand, it's not worth it. Makes sense. Yeah. So, all right. One more question, Chris. So you want to okay. pick pick one of the couple you you sent over, and okay. then we're going to end the podcast. Um, should you be able to describe your plot of your screenplay in one sentence? No, but you should be able to describe it in a couple sentences. It's called a logline, and people right. have this unrealistic expectation. I mean, the sentences that I hear, if somebody is of the opinion that they should do it in one line. This, usually that's a sentence with compound structures with semicolons, yeah. colons, and everything. <laughs> like, okay, and it's got addendums and, exactly. uh, yeah. Bibliographies, glossaries. Yeah, and, yes. It's <laughs> okay. one line, one line. No, I just think if you can be concise. We call it, we used to call it the elevator pitch. I, ca- I call it the parking lot pitch. So if you, if you can describe your story from, from a building you're in, to and the elevator pitch is the other the other the yeah. other it's a, did I say elevator pitch yeah uh, anyway. parking lot yeah. parking lot pitch yeah so if you uh-huh. can describe your your story in the time it takes an elevator to go from the tenth floor to the first floor or for the time it takes from you to go to, for for you to go for uh, from a building to your parking lot to your car you're you're good to go because okay. um, yeah if it's three or four sentences or even a, even but there is something called a log line. Um, there is something that the other marketing tool you create is a synopsis of your story. And then the right. third, the third thing is your actual script. Um, right. but mm-hmm. two or three sentences isn't bad. I, I, okay. I don't think that would be, uh, yeah, yeah. There, and there is actually kids, uh, maybe I'll put the link up on the website there. There is actually, or in the show notes, there is actually a log line formula that I think is pretty good, but some things oh, okay. just don't fit. They just don't fit. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? How are you going yep. to describe, um, you know, like, uh, well, I guess you could describe most, most movies with, with that. I was thinking of, uh, The Searchers or, uh, Lady Bird 
or um, get yeah, out. Yeah, but how, how would you describe 2001? Well, yeah, and so you'd have to come up, yeah, you'd have to come up with an, a, 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 a group of astronauts. After finding a monolith on the moon, a group of astronauts heads to where the signal the monolith is giving out it originates and discovers right. the beginning of mankind. I mean, that's a long-ass sentence. So, uh, like I yeah. said. Should you use, if you're just doing the log line, should you use, like, other movies? Yeah, you can do that. That's a, yeah, that's I a mean, good point. I mean, like uh, my novel that just got reprinted, Star Beast. Mm -hmm. If I had to pitch it in a log line with just a few words, I'd say Lonesome Dove meets Alien. Yeah, that's and that's a good way to go. Yeah, you can, as long as you make sure that the two movies or the two properties you're comparing it to aren't dogs. You, you know, right. you don't want to you don't want to say it's Ishtar meets Heaven's Gate. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up, guys. Thank you so much for being uh, again with with me on uh, the podcast. It was uh, wonderful, uh, Bruce. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Appreciate your your insight. I mean, we we joke, but you have you have really a good sense of uh, film and and story and stuff like that. I th I think you're very thoughtful about that. You and Derek both. I mean, I you know I I shouldn't compliment Derek when he's not on the uh, <laughs> when he's never not, to his face, never yeah, to his yeah, face. Yeah, so never. I shouldn't. No, yeah, you're right. Never to his face. He just gets uh, all pumped up. But um, anyway, he's he's got some great insight too. That's why I like you guys. Uh, you know, I've loved you guys since the moment you walked into my classroom. You were you're unique individuals and uh truly truly talented filmmakers so thank you well, thank you mark we've uh, we've learned from the worst so thank you <laughs> i don't think you should talk about chris like that i don't <laughs> <laughs> and chris is always my my friend uh you know it's always a pleasure talking to you and chatting about film and life and all that yep. stuff so uh thank you again all righty i hope you thank you uh, for inviting me again oh yeah yeah you're you're the best are you um I hope you feel better. I can still hear you're very congested. I don't know if you should go back to work tomorrow or not. Tell, call them and tell them I said that you're taking the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, for uh, for for Chris Stiers, Bruce Kazra, Derek Nguyen, and my name is Mark Sevy. This is Pod Points Podcast. As always, be inspired. Do good work. Mm -hmm.